Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and we're talking camogie this evening. I'm delighted to be joined by our new pundit, Adrian O'Sullivan. Adrian's a camogie and hurling coach. I suppose we could call him a jack of all trades, but um, I won't add the next bit, Sully. Listen, welcome aboard. Thanks very much, Steve. Good to be here. Our regular pundit, Carol, she is unavailable this weekend, but she was involved with the Clare Ladies footballers yesterday evening. They had a very good win over Limerick in the Munster Intermediate Championship semi-final. They now face tip in the final, so we wish her the best of luck in that game. We're also good friends with Ashton, Emiloni and Dora Dwyer, so I suppose we'd have to wish tip the best, so I suppose the best team wins. Listen, Sully, today we'll start off with the Leinster Camogie finals um, were held in Port Leash and they were delighted themselves that it was held in a very good ground. Wicklow claimed the junior title with a 3.13-2.8 win over Louth. The intermediate was won by Kilkenny Debbie Carlo 2.14-1.5, while Kilkenny also claimed the senior title with a 3.15-6 points win over your former team. Awfully, you know, those games go according to plan. Yeah, they did. I suppose, look, I'm not going to pretend to know anything, no, but we can do a load, they'll be straight up with you, and that's no disrespect to them, but I would have a fair insight into the Kikini Intermediates. I coached them in 2016, uh, when they won the All-Ireland, uh, funnily enough, under Mick and Jer, who are the managers of Offaly today in the senior game, a bit of a, I suppose, a tie-in there, but um, very interesting in that game that Katie Nolan did a lot of the damage for Kikini um, from centre-forward. Uh, she would have been the centre back on the team that won the All Ireland in 2016, but she's a class, class player. Um, it's probably a little bit surprising that she's never got the call up to the to the senior panel there as well. Um, I suppose it's hard to read into the intermediate mm. because Leash, Kildare, and Westmead all play in the senior championship, and they're all intermediate teams. So it's probably diluted the strength of it a bit with regards to maybe reading into it from giving an indicator to championship form for a couple of weeks' time when the when the intermediate kicks off um, but yeah you would expect uh, Kikini's second team with a lot of those players back from 2016 again um, and a lot of the DCU uh, Ashford team back to the semi-final uh, starting on their team as well they'd be quite strong they, they would be expected to beat uh, to beat Carlo you know um, wasn't the senior game really like it looked to be over after five mm. minutes once Kikini got those two goals you know, Offaly's best chance, I suppose, was to try and stay in the game for as long as possible. And really, if you concede early scores to Kikini, you're not going to you're not going to pull it back. They, they play quite defensively when they need to, and um, I think they got a goal after 40 seconds straight from a free from Denise Gall. And really, that's going to be a body blow to a young team like Offaly who are looking for their first title. And I suppose they, they did well. It was six scores to four at half time, although three of Kikini's scores were goals. Um, but they pulled away in the second half as they came to do and look it was a big win for them I suppose um, a bit of a body blow to Offaly two weeks out from what is a massive game for them against Limerick in the championship which is nearly a group decider for third place first day out and so they'll have to try and pick themselves up now and recover but uh, I suppose just another step on the road for Kikini they probably trophies in the boot of a car somewhere now this season I suppose and they'll be looking at the bigger picture ahead again once they go going forward that's it you know you mentioned the championship and everyone knows what the story is and who they're playing in the championship these provincial games do they mean much I know it's nice to win a provincial title but what yeah. really do teams learn from them like maybe um, better than challenge matches having competitive games is that really it yeah well I suppose it depends on your perspective like when we were involved with Limerick we would have viewed it as a good opportunity and a trophy. Uh, mm. The year we won the intermediate in 2014, we actually got to the senior Munster final in Cork beat us. Um, but 
I suppose sports science is coming into Camogie a lot more now and I don't think any of the serious teams are going to be tapering their training for a cut off the provincial yeah. championships. Um, a lot of them would train through it, you know, um, with a view to, to taper next week and, and be ready for the 15th of June. It all depends. Like that would have been a massive, massive win for Offaly. They would have been their first senior trophy uh, of any description. Yeah. Um, and you can be sure they went all out to win it. There's no doubt about that. Um, whether it means a whole lot to Cork winning Munster a couple of weeks ago, it might have meant a little bit more to Tipperary in their development with a young side coming through for the trophy on the board. But look, at the end of the day, they're tournaments and um, they'll be forgotten about fairly quickly when the, when the balls are thrown in there. 15th of June, the championship starts. You know? You've been involved, um, coach, fitness side, everything with teams. So how do you prepare for the championship? You know, when do you start, you know, moving up in the train and, you know, intensity improves? When does that all start or how do you do it? Do you set a plan out at the start of the year? You do. Everything will be planned out at the start of the year. And the, the Camogie is probably one of the hardest ones to actually plan for in our experience because there's such a gap between the league yeah. uh, and the championship. It's really almost two separate seasons. Um, like I know, I think Limerick played their last group game this year on the 24th of February. Uh, played one provincial game where they lost to, to Cork. Um, and then uh, won't be playing again until the 15th of June. You know, so like if you're going to take the league seriously you have to be very careful that you don't um, that you don't kind of aim all your preparation for January, February because it can be quite difficult to get the, the peak in performance back again like I know for example Galway didn't go back serious training until January uh, they were kind of only started back training when the league was on whereas I know other teams were back in September, October from the 8th with them through the Ashburn and stuff like that so it all depends on your perspective but for the next couple of weeks now the, the real series teams we start to taper their training a bit. And what that means really is that they're trying to reduce the amount of time spent on the field without lowering the intensity of the actual training session. So I suppose a common mistake that will be made will be teams will spend the week before championship just poking around and that's a dangerous thing to do is we can kind of let the levels dip and let the concentration levels dip. So what we would tend to do is just keep the intensity high but just decrease the amount of time that you're on the pitch right into the game. Probably they'll train maybe for an hour on the Tuesday night and 45 minutes on the Thursday night to be ready to go then on the Saturday. But there's a serious amount of planning in it and Joe Quaid always maintains that the best preparation for getting into senior county hurling from a management point of view isn't actually being involved with underage teams. It's actually being involved with the Camogie because you have to learn how to plan for a two-pronged season, how to approach the league, how to bridge the gap between the league and the championship and then be ready for the championship as well. It's a real good learning ground from that point of view. You also then have to contend with dual stars not so much um, in the men's game, but there's an awful lot um, in the ladies. You look at our own Carol O'Leary. She's a dual star with Claire. So is that something that can be a problem? I know Cork last year had that problem with Camogie and yeah. football, especially with some of the top players. Look, if you have manager teams that understand player welfare, there's never an issue there. Like, uh, I maintain it's not games that wreck players at all. It's it's massive training loads. Yes. So I suppose the important thing is to keep up uh, good levels of communication. Um, like we had a lot of dual players in UL this year. We had five. Um, but look at myself and DJ. Look, we would have spoken all the time. We'd have made sure players weren't getting flogged in training. Um, you know, if we were winning matches well, players would be taken off. We'd be minding them. And look, it can be managed that way. Like our dual players. I think the dual players are dying breed. The GAA have kind of almost killed it off. Um, in the male game yeah. um, so we definitely try and do our best I know Limerick had an issue this year already um, I think Rebecca Delee 
Steve Ryan and Roshan Ambrose all playing uh, both um, and their Munster semi-final against Cork clashed with their Munster football championship yeah. against Tipperary which is unfortunate and look like we really think those kind of things could be avoided with just a little bit of planning even if the secretaries in Limerick of the two different bodies had spoke to each other you know instead of realising on the week of it that there's going to be a clash or whatever and it's not fair in the players yes players don't want to make these decisions they just want to play um, they don't want to get dragged into the politics of it that's the toughest thing yeah. for the players you know because they're caught in the middle you know it's not their fault it's not their making they want to play both sports and it's fantastic to see that but as you said you know when you do something like that I know I'm well, I'm involved with my underage football club and a lot of times when we're playing teams they would have um, dual players and we would sit down and see you know try and come to a compromise but you have to sit down and, and think about the player and try and accommodate them Absolutely. Like at the end of the day, it's it's all about making sure that they're, I suppose, you're a facilitator for their performance. That you're taking all barriers to to their performance away from them. Um, whether that's fixture clashes, the obvious one is they can't physically get on the field. That's a serious barrier to performance. Mm. You know, um, and like it is a real special thing. I suppose if you look at the colleges, the sports this year, say UCC got to the Ashburn final and the O'Connor weekend with uh, Libby Coppinger and Hannah Looney. Yeah. Well, would have had uh, Rebecca Lee, the say, Queen McGrath, Orlo Dwyer. You know, all these players, uh, the same two players, at the very top of their game as well. And it's a great, great thing to see. It's a throwback to what the GAA used to be like at that level. Um, and it would be a shame to see it die off in, in the in the women's sport as well. So I think there definitely needs to be more communication there between the LGFA and the Camogie Association um, to avoid these kind of clashes, you know. And it's so simple, though, and it's so easy to say it. It's all about communication. Mm-hmm. 100% it is and you know I suppose it would be easier if they were the same body to sit yeah. down and go every second weekend and look I know there's different uh, I suppose external factors that play there as well the LGFA have their deals with TG Cahar yeah. for a lot of their games and that can mean that they're not able to move fixtures at short notice and stuff like that but look there should be some sort of a season plan I know there's a Camogie Association the Camogie Association have a plan um, they're actually putting a committee together to look at the whole fixture calendar but they never said whether it was going to include the LGFA as a stakeholder or not. Um, I think it was more to kind of make sure that the, the club, college and county season didn't overlap the way they currently do. Um, but really, like there should be some sort of uh, some sort of joined up thinking there between the two associations. I was going to say that a kind of a, an outside fixture committee where people from the Camogie Association, the LGFA get together. Because at the end of the day, as I said, and we've, we've said it so many times, you know, it's all about the players and about them selling their product. And if we have dual stars, because as you said, you know, in the men's game, it's just, they're a dying breed where it's great to see them in the ladies. It is. And like, I suppose you'd have to laugh sometimes that, you know, you could see the media there or the fixture clashes avoided the Camogies on the Saturday and the ladies football on the Sunday. Yeah. And you just laugh and go, that's not avoiding the fixture clashes. Like, that's still crazy stuff. Yeah. You know, like the level... Like, I couldn't get over the speed. I hadn't watched probably in person a ladies football game in a couple of years. The speed of the O'Connor Cup when I was up there watching it was just phenomenal. And like I remember, I think Rebecca Lee played on the Friday and the Saturday with UL and then played the National Camogie League semi-final on the Sunday. And it's just got, like it's just not feasible. Like you know, it, it just can't be done. And uh, I know Libby Coppinger, Hannah Looney, yeah. they regularly play one on the Saturday and one on the Sunday. And Orla Dwyer the same. I think played two on the same day last year. Drove from one to the other, and it's just, it's just not right. Like it's not fair. And you're only asking for an injury. It's just an injury waiting to happen, really. You know. 
Right, you're writing opinion pieces for Sports Talk's yeah. website. You gave your verdict or your rankings about uh, each county in the yeah. Camogie this year. Cork, you're number one, for obvious reasons. Galway, two. Yeah. Kilkenny, three. You had a surprise entry at number 11, Westmeath. You must seriously love the Lake County now. Most would agree with the top three, but how did you decide the other places? Yeah, well, I suppose just looking at the group fixtures and things like that, I suppose to touch on Westmead there, um, they're operating away under the radar there, kind of keeping an eye on them because uh, Johnny Greville, the manager, yeah. is involved with us and the hurling team as well. Uh, he's, in, he's the manager of 20s as well. I'd say he mustn't like being at home at all, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's eight nights in the week, he'd be out the eight nights, you know. But um, they're a really, really good side, and I suppose if you're looking at indicators, um, they gave me the real, real good beating in the Leinster Senior yeah. Championship. Um, and okay, they took a bit of a hiding off Kikini subsequently in the semi-final, but like they're showing the form of an intermediate team that's able to beat maybe the the, the bottom couple of teams in the senior. Um, and I suppose they have the advantage then as well that when they're going through the season, they're not going to lose any players. Whereas Cork might lose one or two to the seniors, Tip yeah. might lose one or two to the seniors, Galway might lose one or two to the seniors, Kikini maybe the same. Um, so yeah, look, they're really well placed there to. Uh, to win the intermediate, you know, and there's some really, really good young players coming up, and they're involved around the college scenes as well, like the McGrath, the McGraths and these, along with their old, I suppose, hands, Pamela Greville and these as well. So they're a really good side. Look, I suppose the top three there, the I suppose it would make uh, wouldn't uh, be rocket science to promote yeah. really. Is it? Look, Cork are the champions. They're building away slowly. They won Munster at a canter. Um, Kilkenny at number three. I think the way the draw works out, if it goes the way I predict, it's going to be a Cork and Kinney semi final, which is why I have Kinney at three. Um, because I think Cork just have the hex on them. Um, they've managed to really shackle their scoring threat. Um, and Kinney have failed to put up a big score. Even the year they beat them, they only scored 113, which I know they won, but so they've been scoring 10 points, 9 points, 113 against Cork. They really seem to have the hex on them. Being honest, I think. I put Cork at one because they're the champions. I really fancy Galway. Um, we played them in January in a challenge with UL and I was just blown away by their physicality, pace, power. Uh, I think Cahill Murray's in his first full season with them. Yeah. A bit of trouble there last year. He, I think they went through three management in about six months yeah. at the start of last year. So he didn't have a lot of time from last year, but just watching them in the league final there, I thought they were far better side than Kikini. They should have won by more. Um, and they have a ridiculously strong forward unit I think they're going to take serious beatings you know that, they're due to win one day. yeah and the thing about it is that league win was something that they so needed because as you said yeah. they were coming in and last year was one of those years and even at underage level you know they are building and just even see it with the football as well they're doing that and just getting that win over Kilkenny and getting that league title yeah absolutely and like I suppose they hadn't won in Crow Park since 2013 just was look. It's not really a great status, suppose, because they probably don't get to play. Too many yeah. days, so it's a bit unfair. But they hadn't been up to Croke Park winning um, since 2013, um, and it was a really, really good win. Like Neve Hannafy plays in, in the Ashburn team in UL. There, I think she's going to be the breakout star for Galway this year. She missed a lot of last year with an Achilles injury, and she's just a powerful direct runner. It's really hard to stop. Uh, whether she's playing her at 11 or 14, um, she's a really good player. And then obviously the Dalish O'Reilly, but Dunahoo, the McGrath. Like I uh, could go out and on Eve Kikini. They're a real top class outfit, you know, and I think they're going to make uh they're going to make serious waves in the championship this year. That's going to be a cracker of a game on the 15th of June, Galway against Kikini. And like that's going to decide the group. Um 
really looking at it, Joe. You know, Limerick, Offaly, and Wexford, the other teams in the group, neither Galway or Kikini will fear any of the three of those. Um, so that's going to be a group decider. Whoever wins, that's going to be the North Ireland semi final and have the advantage of having the whole summer to prepare for it. So that's going to be a real, uh, a real cracking game there. And the thing about it is, supporters would like to see someone other than Cork and Kilkenny winning it, or other than a Cork and Kilkenny final. Yeah, like they would, I suppose, but. The other side of it then is that Cork and Kikini have been clearly best teams, the best teams, yeah. The last three or four years, so I suppose you want the best teams in the final as well. The novelty of it is great, but um, look, the way the draw is shaped up this year, if the games go the way we think they will be a different pair in the final. Um, but look, you wouldn't rule out an outsider either. But it's really hard to see outside the top, uh, the top three to see where the where the title is going to go this year. Probably the the more interesting part of the championship from the from the outset. Maybe the see who gets the third place. You know, Watford stepped up last year and made their first quarter final. Um, and it'd be interesting to see whether likes of a Limerick or an Offaly can step yeah. up in Group One, um, or maybe whether Dublin can kind of get back on track, or uh, or maybe a Clare in, in Group Two. You know, so it'd be really interesting to see and um, see how those kind of battles work out over the over the first three or four rounds of the championship. So. Meath are at twelve. I'm kind of taking an interest in Meath and Dublin because two former managers of the Longford Hurlers are in charge of them, Frank Brown and uh, Ray Gavin. Yeah. You mentioned about you know them relying heavily on Jane Dolan, and we spoke to Jane um, a couple of months ago. The big thing yeah. for Meath is they've got fantastic clubs, but a lot of those club players aren't going into the county setup. They seem to struggle to get players as well. Yeah. I think Meads probably should have got promoted in 2016, um, and I think maybe their best years are behind them. Mm. They were just starting to peak as a team. They blitzed the Division Two league in 2016, walked away with it, and then failed to get out of the group in the championships um, afterwards. Uh, and they subsequently obviously won the intermediate in 2017 and got promoted. But you're just wondering, was it a year too late for them with with their team? They were kind of just peaking at that time. Um, like they were in Division Two, the league this year failed to win it. They're the only senior team not operating Division One, um, and like you know, Tipperary second team won the league. Uh, so like they're not showing the form yeah. um, of like they have to play Tip's first team in the championship. So if it doesn't look for them, they're probably going to be the bottom team. Um, with regards to Dublin, so Dublin got to the semi final in 2017. Uh, they had all the hallmarks of a team who were ready to yeah, really bridge yeah. the gap. We, we always talk about, I suppose, in Limerick especially, we've kind of fancied our chances of being the team to become the fourth team, you know, to kind of leave the pack and join the top three. We won a minor Ireland in 2014 with a really good uh, National League in 2015, got the semi-final. And I suppose Limerick are still waiting maybe to, to get out of the group. I think I said in the in the article there, they're the only team, the only senior team not to make a quarter-final yeah. in the um, and that's a shame, really. So Dublin flattered to the seat last year. There's a lot of people that think that maybe the way they went to both the semi-final in 2017 really knocked the confidence out of them. They just made no attempt whatsoever to take on Galway that day inside the Kenny Crown. They looked like they were just people of question since whether maybe that, that approach to that game and that mindset has maybe set them back a little bit in their development. Mm. Obviously, Frank has a serious record. Um, across the GA, across <laughs> ladies football, and look, maybe I'll be eating humble pie, and he's he's preparing them for championship and doesn't really care. But they got a 
bit of a clip in off Kilkenny in the Leinster Championship but Offaly gave him a bit of a hiding in a challenge match there a couple of weeks ago as well so the indicators aren't great so that's why you have him down not to come out of the group and have him down the rankings a bit but they have a lot of good players um, so the likes of Orla Deegan Ali Toomey these, like, if they get a run at you they can really, they can really damage you but the form signs aren't there that's, that's going to happen this year this summer John. Wexford are another team and as you rightly said um, about their struggles this year and you know it was sad to see that Camogie came into the you know the national media you know all because of the problems that Wexford were having and not because of the fantastic streaming that Littlewood's done and the fantastic games that that they had in Camogie for Wexford and you said that they were on the slide for a while and I suppose that probably came to a head and then yeah, exactly. But I suppose being on a slide is probably, I probably didn't word that fairly, maybe. What happened to them was they got, I suppose, uh, a group of players that were a once in a generation group of players that all came at the same time. They were the top performers in senior camogie for a good number of years under JJ Doyle. Um, and then they all started to retire and kind of move on and get a little bit older. And Kay Kelly retired or the Jacob retired. And you don't just replace those players overnight. And was they hadn't been terribly competitive at underage. Um, you know, they haven't been contesting semi-finals, mm. finals at minor A level. Um, and then, so their, their their results over the last couple of years hadn't been brilliant. And then, obviously, they had their issues. And I suppose, look, it happens. Um, you know, like I suppose Galway, as we said there, they had their management issues last year. Once the morale goes out of the camp and players yeah. down tools and decide that they're not playing for a manager. It can be very hard to rescue it. I know they have a new management in place, and um, you know, the, the, I suppose the words coming out of the camp. I heard Kira Story talk in an interview there that they're very positive about being back training and everything like that. Awfully comfortably, comfortably beat them in Leinster, and it's just hard to see how they're going to turn it around um, in, so, in such a short space of time. If you look at the group that they're in, Galway and Kikini will finish one and two. As I said, they've lost to Offaly already, and Liverpool yeah. feared them so. There's every chance they could end up in the relegation playoff in that group, and there's a real, real chance that they could end up uh, going down intermediate. I suppose their hope, or their one, uh, might be that a, a second team will win the intermediate championship, and that there will be no relegation. But they really have to get their house in order. And they, they have some serious players. Sarah O'Connor is due back from injury. She togged for DCU in the Ashburn, but didn't play, so she's on the way back. And there's Chloe Fox there, the jewel star with UCD, top, top class. Um, Look, they just don't have the quality that they had in previous years. They're in a bit of a rebuilding phase and it's going to be hard to see them making any inroads this year. One of their problems was um, club players and, you know, them not coming in. And I even spoke about me and in some counties, I suppose maybe, you know, and I don't want to say it in inverted commas, the weaker counties, it is hard for girls to come in, you know, club and give that commitment to a county setup, or if even if you're doing your leaving cert, if you're doing something else, but when you're in one of the lower counties where you don't really see many rewards, people probably think, you know, is there a point in going in? Yeah, I suppose there is an element to that. I don't really buy into that so much. The I think the problem is if you go to a Mead or say if you go to a Kildare where Johnstown Bridge are so strong at club level, right? Um, and uh, or Kiltail in Mead and, and they have incredible setups, right? So they've really strong setups and they've great management teams and they've everything laid on and they're competitive. If they go into a county setup and it's not as good as what they have in their clubs, they're not going to stay in the county setup. A Roy Keane. 
Yeah, you yeah. know, exactly. So, like, players are so much smarter now than they were when I was starting out. We, we would have gone down training and whatever the trainer told you to do or the coach told you to do, you just did it. You wouldn't question it. Yeah. You know, but they're informed now. They know that if the S&C isn't right, they'll tell you or they'll know and they'll know if the setup isn't right, if the video analysis isn't right. And if they're doing all this stuff in their clubs and it's not replicated the county, they're, they're just not going to give the time to us. They're not, they'll see it as a waste of time. I don't think it's so much the commitment. I think players will commit to a setup if it's right. Uh, but the reality is that in some of these, as you said, inverted commas, weaker counties, the better club teams in the counties have better setups than the actual county teams themselves. It's uh, mad to think. Yeah, but look, that's the truth. That's the reality. I've seen it myself. We've played county teams there over the years, and you were just looking at them, look at their warm-ups and stuff. And Look, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you're just kind of shaking your head going, really, this is where they're at. And, you know, it's just... Yeah, there's a lot of cowboys on the circus down the down the lower levels of the of the camogie, I think, on the county scenes, you know. But that's that's what's, that's not for an on air discussion. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that I wouldn't um have seen. You know, I'm even just noticing now with Longford, apart from maybe not getting the coverage and the hurling, everything else they get everything that the footballers have, you know, anything they Absolutely, want they yeah. get, which is fantastic to see. But gee, that is sad to see that in camogie that still in certain counties that clubs probably are, be- are better equipped and um, better better prepared than a county team. Yeah, but look, I suppose in a club, um, the resources can be better as well. Yeah. So, like, if you go into, um, say, Raharney in Westmead, right, because we train there quite a bit, like, their camogie team are very strong, but they have everything they need there. They have the pitches, they have their gyms, they have their video rooms, they have everything there. But they, not a lot of county camogie teams have that. When I was involved at Offaly for the short while, we were training in different club grounds. Even when the year we won with Kikini Intermediates, we used to train in a soccer field down the back of Callan CVS. Do you know? And Ger Walsh used to bring in the sandwiches he'd make in his pub, and Thomas Tony bring him in himself. And do you know, that's, yeah. that's the reality of it on the county scene. There is no money there. Like, do you know? It's not. I don't blame the county board at all. There is no resources. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I've seen some of the sponsorship deals done by counties at the level and. Like a decent club team would have, would get more sponsorship around the locality than what the teams are. Like it's not a commercially viable uh, or commercially smart move for any sponsor to get involved um, with any of the most teams outside the top three or four because they're going to get no coverage out of it really, um, unless uh, they have a proactive county board that are really pushing them out there and stuff like that. But it's just the money isn't there. That's the that's the reality of it. You know, they're gonna you're, you're, you're preparing with scraps and. And stuff like that. So yeah, look, don't be surprised. That there's a lot of clubs with better setups than a lot of the counties out there. It's just unfortunate, you know. We spoke about uh, clubs. Now we'll go on to maybe uh, colleges. You won the Ashburn Cup. Colleges. We've seen it with the football, and it seems to be with Camogie now. It keeps on going up and up a level, doesn't it? Yeah, the standard was phenomenally high um, this year. Like I suppose if you look at our own panel in UL, 32 on the panel, um, and probably 10 of our subs would start for their county senior teams. Uh, UCC had seven of the Cork senior starting team playing. DCU had Ireland minor medals coming out of their ears. You know, uh, WIT, if you look at today, Daniel Morrissey did all the damage to Nice Gall. Uh, Neve Tracy was Division 2 Player of the Year. Like, the level of player that's in the colleges at the moment and the preparation. Like uh, Tommy Shefflin was over WIT, he managed Bally Hale to win the to win the senior cup. Uh, like the 
Dub- all the Dublin development officers are involved in DCU. Just the standard of coaching, the standard of preparation, the level of play, and everything is just it's so so high. Like the Ashburn games are just incredibly intense, um, like physical battles. The referees tend to let it go a little bit more at Ashburn level. Mm. Maybe they're kind of off the radar a small bit from an assessing point of view that they're not maybe getting judged that they tend to let it flow a small bit more. Most of them, not all of them. Um, which had a great standard and I suppose we had the AGM there the other night. And I was actually going to talk about that, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was my first time attending it. It was refreshing that there were so many positive people in the room that are that are looking to drive on the, the third level of Camogie. Um, and it's run by by Michelle um, and Jennifer yeah, Jennifer Norris, um, Michelle Malloy and Jennifer Norris, and like they put a great amount of time into it, and it was just a really positive the other night. So there's good plans afoot um, to develop it even more and to try to increase participation numbers and stuff like that as well. So it's great to see. What are some of the changes that they mentioned the other night in terms of competitions? Yeah, well, I suppose the, the main change in the competition, I don't know if I'm talking about a shop here or not, but it was past the other night, so I suppose I'm safe enough to talk about it. But the main one is that it's going to be brought in line with the LGFA third-level competitions in that the second teams from colleges are going to be allowed to enter down the down oh. the championships. Um, so, say, for example, our second team in UL will be allowed to go into the first and our first team will play in the Ashburn or one, yeah. whatever our WIT is saying. Um, I suppose the advantage is the way it had been done before that would be our second team would have always been allowed to play in the league um, but then they would have had to play intermediate championship but a lot of the colleges didn't enter in the intermediate championship so invariably it was run off as a blitz and you kind of have girls hanging around from when the league finishes in November to March waiting for a blitz is it going to happen is it not going to happen and look it's hard to get buy-in then from players and it doesn't look as serious and so it's not providing the meaningful games whereas now we'll be able to turn around at the start of the year especially if they're younger players or into college okay you haven't made the Ashburn squad but you're going to play on the personal team you're going to play your 5 league games you're going to play your 5 championship games it's going to be a serious thing you'll enjoy it you have a proper season there you can buy into it but it's going to just increase the numbers of players playing a high level of camogie across the country so it's just going to be good for participation numbers like the LGFA at the moment have 6 championships um, and the camogie is only 3 so they're lagging a little bit behind. Um, so yeah, so there's a big drive on to increase the participation numbers. That's the biggest thing. That's uh, that's the biggest thing to come out of it. So it's a real positive move. And would there be interest there for more players to play? I think there is. Um, like I suppose, I think DCU had six teams in the football this year. Now that's kind of across their yeah. their own campus and St Pat's as well. Uh, like yeah, I know UL would have had three three adult teams. We call them say non-fresher teams in the in the football as well across three championships so like the numbers are there if you provide the structure and the competition and, and the meaningful games for them you know um, obviously suppose the, the ladies football has a, a bigger playing population across the country oh, yeah. come over, so it's probably never going to get to the same level as that but um, no it's definitely a, definitely a positive step in the right direction so uh, fair play Jer Brennan the ex-Dublin footballer is the, is the development officer in UCD and it was his brainchild so he proposed it and everybody weighed in behind it. So that's going to be something different for next season now, yeah. You know, and that's someone that you wouldn't expect to be doing that. But I suppose Jerry, like ourselves, loves sport and probably would love to see more players play. And it doesn't matter what sport they play, just as long as they go out and play and play the sport. You know, it's been a good year so far for yourself. That Ashburn Cup then involved with um, the Westmead Hurlers in winning uh, Division 
two way. So uh, have you bought yourself a lottery ticket or a scratch card or something now? <laughs> No, I think there's no lottery tickets now. Kerry brought us back down to Eric fairly quickly mm. there last Saturday, so uh, I think it was, it was laughing with Joe. Well, we weren't laughing we were <laughs> after losing, but um, I think it was the first game we'd lost since November between UL and West Mead. Jeez. So we, we, got on, we, we just went on a, a run. You get on a run sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so we won We won the Kyo Cup, we won the Ashburn, won the league. But look, you're only as good as your last game, and I'm sure the knives have been sharpened around West Mead for us now after losing to Kerry the last day, so... The glory doesn't last long, you know. But like we, we talked about it before, the Joe McDonough is a savage competition. It's just it's cutthroat. Like Antrim beat Offaly yesterday. Great yeah. game. We we're at it in Tullamore. So we're up. up You're playing next, for, um, next uh, weekend, yeah. Antrim, yeah, next weekend, yeah. Game, yeah. Like we need to win to stay in the competition. If they win, they're in the final. Um, so it's a massive, massive game. You never get it easy up in Dunloe. You get a Dunloe. You get a warm welcome before it, and a and a warm handshake after. But once the whistle goes, then the skin and hair flies, and it's. Uh, it's a cultural experience, we should say, <laughs> up there. Um, we're really looking forward to it, and it's just a fantastic competition. Obviously, you're going to be fighting for their survival now. Um, you know, Kerry can still get to the final, leash are unbeaten, and it's just, yeah, it's everything you'd want in a championship. It's just fantastic to be part of it, you know. Uh, I suppose UL was great. It was my first year in Bosnum, um, and we're going to have a lot of our players uh, playing in the championship on the 15th of June. Uh, I think 28 of our panel are involved uh, in nice. the senior championship, which is massive. Um, uh, primarily across Clare and Tip, uh, Clare Tip and Limerick would be the main the main representation. So we'll be going. Uh, I think Tom is going to send me to the matches of the cameraman in tow. We kind of have a dual uh, a dual agenda at those games. I'll be keeping an eye on the old girls. Uh, oh. Feedback what's going on, you know. But yeah, no, looking forward to seeing them all in action now in the summer and us going to matches without the pressure having to produce results and stuff like that is going to be nice as well for however long it lasts for the, the couple of months window in the summer until we're back at it again in September as well you know you know we're talking about the Ashburn Cup and then obviously the other competitions in third level about getting participation up my own county now actually Longford we have uh, two Camogie teams only at underage but it's fantastic to see and that's something that we're we're trying to do because even though with the hurlers we might have a small panel, but the interest is there. And I think if the interest is there, it's like to see that. How would you, you know, tell people in Longford or what would you tell them about Camogie if someone was interested in it or, you know, kind of was a bit, you know, kind of what's it about? Or, you know, my child yeah. wants to play the sport. What would you tell them about Camogie? Yeah, that's a tough one. I suppose the the Camogie Association are very much um, aware of the need to spread the word. And again, I don't like using the word weaker coaches. I suppose into developing counties. Um, and it was actually it was discussed at the meeting the other night. Not to go off the topic of your question, but yeah, um, they're focusing very much so on providing coaching courses for players um, and things like that because. So like you'll have a, a range that we have players in our squad from, from Carlo who are going up into the team, from Kerry who are in the junior and stuff like that as well so I suppose you're hoping that they will will buy into the coaching courses and go back and spread the word and try and try and develop it what would you tell someone like Camogie I suppose if they went and watched Galway and Kilkenny on the 15th of June they'll find out about Camogie it's a serious sport uh, it, it's no longer played by I suppose uh, amateurs that uh, these these players are practically semi-professional. They're conditioned to a level that has never been seen before in the sport. Uh, the skill level is higher than it's ever been. Um, it's a fantastic, fantastic sport, and I would definitely encourage people to go out and watch the games. Like the first five games next weekend, 
Looking at Galway, Kilkenny, two of the best teams in the country. Limerick and Offaly. So now you're going to have Neve McCaddy from Limerick against Siobhan Flannery from Offaly, two of the best players in the country. Clare developed the team there against Cork, the Ireland champions, the aristocrats, the, all the players that they have. Uh, Linda Collins emerging now as their big superstar full forward. Now she's one to keep an eye on. Uh, Dublin and Meads, local rivalry, always there'll be, there'll be a bit of cutting in that. Frank will have him wound up. And then Tip against Watford is a, is a big local derby as well. You'll have Orla Dwyer who's heading off to Australia. Yeah. So what you need to know about Camogie, she's going to be a professional athlete in six months' time. So Beck Carton came for Watford, a player of a generation. So if there's anyone in these counties that wants to find out what Camogie's about, there's your opportunity the 15th of June. Just get out to these games and just look at the athletes and the level of skill that's there and draw it to you. If you don't like it after that, then I'm afraid it's not for you because that's as good as it's going to get, you know. And for yourself, advice for coaches? Advice for coaches is tough, I suppose. <laughs> like, go to the coaching courses. Yeah. It's the thing, you have to start somewhere. Um, like, if you're talking about building the club, like, the thing with, you know, six to eight years old, just let them play, get them out, get them in, join us, give them a sense of fun, make sure they come back. I think at that age group, well, at any age group, I believe that if you start out with, 20 players you like to finish the season with 20 yeah. players I always consider that a success it's about player retention making sure they enjoy it making sure everybody gets a chance um, you'd be surprised how open uh, other counties are so if you approach other counties and say look can we come down and watch some of your coaches can we do X, Y and Z um, you know there's different ways of going about it I suppose like if you look into a lot of the weaker counties they might have been lucky um, over the years that say like if you look at I suppose Nace and Kildare is an example in hurling incredibly incredibly strong and underage hurling um, backbone by a lot of temporary people who would have moved there for work and that would have put the work in and you know so sometimes you need to get a little bit lucky as you get a teacher in from a county traditional county yeah. or, or get someone working in like John Longford say who's to say that Cotton Milan won't be a coach in the future in Longford mm-hmm. you know, moved there from Limerick or, or one of these guys you know that's so Sometimes you just need to get a bit lucky if you're developing the club, I suppose, but um, it is hard to do it. Like, if you look at Kerry there, they're operating in the junior championship and they all pick it from one club. So that it's the same team that goes out in the club championship that goes out in the county championship. So it's hard to develop it. And, and they've been on the road for a long time and they're still kind of, I suppose, trying to maybe get more clubs up and going and, and stuff like that. So it's not easy. Certainly not easy. You've been with Quaid for a long time as well. I suppose you've learned so much from him. Yeah, oh. Uh, like what you learn from Joe, you definitely don't get in any sort yeah. of uh, coaching manual. Anyway, his uh, management, like management, is so different to coaching. I suppose, like if you look at managing a county team, though, whether it's Camogie or Hurling, managing is coaching. about managing, isn't it? it is Where yeah, coaching is hands on. Yeah, Do you know, like I suppose if if you employ fifty people in Ireland, you're considered a medium sized company. But most managers will will manage more than fifty people yeah. on a daily basis when they're involved in a yeah. county team. And you're managing so many external factors as well. Um, and I suppose when we're involved in the Ashbury and UL, I would have lent on Joe a lot because, look, your players are from all different counties and they're trying to trying to pull pull the players one way and you're trying to get them in the other way. So managing the kind of the external um, interests is, is important as well. But yeah, you're pretty much the CEO of a small company. Yeah. It's just, it's just trying to build that relationship with people. I was really, really lucky. I suppose the majority of our players are from Galway, Limerick, uh, Clare, Tip. Um, and Watford and, and the managers there are really forward thinking progressive um, and I've been looking out to be able to build up that relationship with them and manage that but yeah look, Joe is the master of uh, getting guys to, to play for him and 
getting guys to, to, to perform to their potential. So it's definitely, definitely a valuable learning uh, experience. I might venture out on my own someday. Joel will probably say I won't win anything without him. He's probably right for the moment. But, uh, you have him on speed dial though. Uh, in fact, look, we're, we're happy where we are now in Westmead. We're in the middle, only at the start of a project there that hopefully we'll be there for the next three or four years trying to trying to take it on to another level again. And um, So, yeah, so there's no no uh, interest in, uh, in splitting up the relationship just yet. So, <laughs> we keep going, see where it takes us. Right, Sully, get your crystal ball out, look into it. What do you predict for the championship? You know, we talked about, you know, Cork, Kenny, all that. So I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to call the whole championship for you, right? This is what's going to happen. Simple as. I'm going to put my neck on the block here, though. First time on the Camogie, on the Camogie podcast, we'll, we'll be listening back to this in September going, Jesus, what were we doing bringing this? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Tom will. I won't. Tom will. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, group one, okay? You're looking at Galway, Kikini, Limerick, Offaly, and Wexford. As I said, I think the Galway-Kikini game is going to really decide who tops that group. I fancy Galway to top it. I fancy Kikini to come second. It's going to come down to a little mini-league between Limerick, Offaly and Wexford to see who gets that third qualifying spot. I wrote at, during the week that I thought Offaly might edge it. I'm wondering are they going to psychologically struggle to recover from what happened to them today. And I think Limerick might just edge into that third qualifying spot and get their first quarter-final appearance uh, in a decade. So that's what I'm calling in Group 1. I think Group 2 is much, much more straightforward. Um, I think Cork will top it. Tipperary have been showing some good form. They lost in the Munster final but played very well and had to play without Cork Van, um, whose brother got married on that day. So uh, I was actually surprised Cork chose the, chose the wedding over the, <laughs> over the match, to be honest with you. So I won't let her live that one. Down. Girl, priorities, priorities. Yeah, match I, first. I thought she was more dedicated than that, you know. So, um, I know, but... Yeah, so she'll be a big addition back to back to, to Tipperary as well. I fancy Tip to come second in that group. What you're looking at then is, uh, I suppose, another mini league between Dublin, Mead, and Waterford to see who comes third. And Clare, sorry, Gerald Kilby, Jesus, and half our Ashburn team is in Clare as well, so I can't leave them out. Um, I think that's slightly harder to call. I think Clare are definitely a team that are developing something. Mm. I could, I've, we've played them a few times in challenge matches with UL. There's something special going to happen there. There's a lot of underage teams. Um, get to minor finals and go very close and a lot of players come through um, and I think it's going to happen but I think it's, it might be too soon in their development um, and I think Waterford have enough based on their experience in last year um, of getting to the quarter final if they have the pedigree of being able to perform on the day in championship they have Bet Carton which is uh, a phenomenal asset to any team and I think they're going to come out in third what you'll be looking at then I suppose you're going into Galway and Cork straight through the semi-finals. Your quarter-final pairings will be looking like Kikini against Waterford, Limerick against Tip. Um, I think they'll be pretty straightforward. You look at Kikini, Kikini and through. Tip. Yeah, and Tip have had the hex over Limerick for the last couple of years as well. They've been able for them, so at the risk of getting slated by Sheila Moynihan and Eve Ryan, my management team in UL, who are both involved there, I think Tip will have too much for Limerick in a quarter-final. You get a Galway-Tip semi-final on one side, Cork and Kikini on the other side. It's going to be Galway and Cork in the final, and I think Cotton Murray's lads are going to do it this year. I'm going to tip Galway to win it out. And uh, I have a good relationship with Paddy Murray, so I hope he doesn't be texting me or ringing me now during the week. But you know what? Paddy won't mind at all. Paddy's going to replay this to yeah, the girls. Yeah, he's going to say, Do you hear your man from Limerick talking? Yeah, I'm going to see no. He's a him like a jockey's. <laughs> he won't care one bit what anyone says about his team or anything like that. 
and it's very interesting actually there's a girl that played in their minor team last year Laura Hayes she's a real top class performer she's an athlete and she plays uh, she played in the Munster final last day came in as a, as a replacement before the start she's a serious serious prospect be really interested to see if she plays uh, any part in the championship this year or whether she's one of Paulie's kind of long term projects that he's budding as he goes along Linda Collins has come of age really she was an Ashbourne star for me and Mary Ivan I managed them and then with their intermediate team and with their minor teams and she shot the lights out in the Munster final she's coming of age now Cork are going to take serious beating but I think I've seen enough in Galway in their preparation their backroom team the quality of players they have um, and I think Galway will edge fine against Cork and I will be front row for that that's going to be an absolute cracker Sully if your predictions are right I'm ringing you that day or if I'm at the match I'm asking you for the lot of numbers I, I swear it. to God yeah, everyone will be asking you for that it's, e- it's easy to talk isn't it sure, like, sure none of these things might happen at all it's easy to sit back and uh, a paper uh, won't refuse not, ink or this podcast won't uh, refuse words so exactly you know, and um, but look that's, I think that's the reality I suppose it's not exactly uh, trying to pick a lot of numbers to predict that one of Galway Cork or yeah. there's probably a 33% chance that you'll be right Though, are you someone like me? I used to, years ago, myself and my dad would sit down when provinces were exciting, and yeah. especially in the football, and sit down and go, well, who do you think is going to win it? And then who's the semi-finals going to be? And, 100%. Yeah, I yeah. love doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a complete nerd when it comes to these kind of things. I like to be able to try and do it. Well, then I'm a nerdette, as you'd call it then, maybe. Is that the female, yeah. the female yeah. version of it? And I'm going to make another call that Neve Hannafee is going to be player of the year. That's the call. So uh, she's a serious operator for us in the UL. And uh, she's an incredible league final, and I'm going to put my neck on the line as well. So I'm going to be interviewing Hannah. Carl Murray for Carl Murray man, uh, Manager of the Year, obviously as well. Yeah, well, look, if he wins it, he'll deserve it. So yeah, Carl knows going to kill you know because he likes to operate under the radar as well. He'd be laughing if he's listening to this. So obviously, Ashburn Cup wins don't come in there because you'd definitely be in the running, obviously for that. Would you? Uh, no, I do. No, 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 it doesn't come under radar at all. Like, like Sean Old, no. Very uh, modest, you're very I'm modest. Only a, I'm only a bluffer, yeah, that's it. No, no, I, I prefer now to sit back and talk about other teams now than, uh, than put my own nick on the block at all, so it's much easier. You're all talk then, are you? Yeah, oh, I'll talk to you, yeah. It's taking you two podcasts to figure it out, but once you know that, no, you'll be, you'll be grand. That's it. Listen, Sully, thank you so much for joining me this evening. I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks and actually the rest of the championship um, and hearing your views definitely um, looking forward to the games you know like as you said there's going to be some absolute cracking games and if people can have the chance to go out and watch them do and give the players some support listen sir until we talk again Slonga Fall